So we've been talking about addictions, and and the, one of the key questions that comes up in this space is, can God heal me from this addiction, this compulsive behavior, this thing that I'm going to to fill the void and the emptiness inside of me? Can He really heal me? And what are some of those messages on the inside and some things we can be doing or actions we can do on the outside to ultimately move us from believing that lie that we never will change, that God can't heal us, to God can, he is willing, he is able, and he cares enough to be with us in the journey. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast. This is a podcast that focuses on life change stories and ways and a process to help us with our emotional, mental, uh, even our spiritual and relational health so that we can walk in this journey toward healing and freedom, following the Beatitudes where Jesus tells us how to face those hurts, hangups, and habits and walk in healing and freedom. Um, so that we can walk in this this new way, no matter what we walk through the doors of Celebrate Recovery with. God is big enough for that. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I am the ministry leader here at Fellowship Bible Church in Rogers. And uh, so good to be back with you today. I hope you've been enjoying uh, the conversation. I loved uh, hearing uh, that life change story a couple weeks ago uh, from our brother Terry. Um, we're going to have some more uh, life change stories around addictions to bring some hope for you. Uh, if you didn't listen to uh, the uh, life change story several podcasts back uh, from Amanda, uh, make sure you go back and listen to that. It's a, it's a powerful uh, testimony on addictions, but I loved uh, hearing Terry I share about uh, his uh, incredible journey through gambling addiction. But, you know, one of the things in, in this this path of addictions that shame is one of those things. We've talked about that a little bit in prior podcasts, but shame says um, you got to get this behavior under control so that you can connect with the, the people around you uh, and even connect with God. And I love this picture of, uh, I call it Misery Island. Um, you could call it Addiction Island if you want to in context of what we're talking about. But the enemy will try to lure us away. And, and he's like a really, 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 really bad and uh, corrupt uh, car salesman uh, who's bringing you in to try to sell you something. And he doesn't tell you about the back end. He doesn't tell you the history of it. He doesn't tell you how it's going to affect you. He doesn't tell you the costs because there's always cost with addictions. And in the moment, it feels like it's a remedy, but he doesn't tell us about those closing costs. And one of the things that he will do is try to, as we talked about in a prior podcast, I'll give you the strength that you need. I will give you the power that you need. If you're feeling that pain, that this will soothe that. It'll it'll take that away. Um, the, the sense of identity and confusion that you're struggling with, this will make you feel like somebody. And all those things that we talked about on a prior podcast. But So he'll lure us away with those lies, and he gets us to this, this addiction island. And then here's what he do, does to us in that space. He, he will say, well, you can't go home now. There's no way he's going to accept you. And here's, that's a big fat lie that somehow we've got to get our act together if we have any shot of being welcomed back into 
this circle. Uh, you could say the native land, our homeland with the Father. That's when we're back in that healthy connection with the Father. And, and there's a, an interesting word about uh, misery, and there's a, a German word, Eland, and it literally means this, that, that we wander, to wander away from our native land and stay in a state of homesickness. Have you ever been there, that place of homesickness where you're just miserable and you want to, you want to go home, but man, I'm just in this place of misery. I'm homesick and I want to go home. But the enemy is telling me you got to stop the behavior before you can connect and go back to your homeland, go back to that safe space with the father. And here's the thing. This is, this is one of the most mind-blowing uh, parts of this is the recipe for healing in our addictions is actually connection. This is why it's so critical in the addiction process for us to connect. Uh, we connect so that we can heal. And don't miss that. Uh, because those shame messages that are saying, hey, you, you really done it? You're unlovable. You're stupid. You're such a failure. Uh, all that shame that we find in, inside ourselves is is actually leading us to stay in a place of doing those behaviors only to confirm those lies that we may be believing. And so shame, shame leads us to a space to see and confirm, ah, I really am inadequate. And the way that we combat that is through connection. And here, here's the thing. And if you're struggling with addictions, I just want you to know that that most of what people struggle with uh, psychologically, if you can, if you want to say behaviorally in the addiction uh, that you're struggling, it's due to our, our attempts to escape the problems. This is why connection, and we connect, we, we move toward connection so that we can heal because when we start getting around other people who are in process that may be way further down the road than us, that are right beside us or coming in behind us, all of that healthy connection with other people to realize that we're not alone helps us to realize that escaping and going to these numbing agents that we've been doing are actually keeping us stuck. And so it's moving from that addiction island that keeps us in a place of misery and, and pain and helplessness and inadequacy or whatever that place may feel like for you. It's moving back to connect with him because, and this is so true to just take into your heart if you're in that space, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And you're thinking, well, you don't know how deep my addictions are. I've been a tornado in my family. My family may not even be talking to me right now. I don't think God loves me in this space. But nothing, I just want you to take that in. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Come home. We don't have to change our choices to go home to him. But here's the hope. When we come back into healthy connection with him, and the body of Christ, that's why community and not doing recovery alone is so important. That's why sometimes when we don't feel like going to a meeting, we need to go, especially when we don't feel like it, because that's the most important time, because that's the enemy probably whispering to us saying, hey, here's an excuse. You're just tired. You work too hard. You don't need to go to that. You got this, right? We need connection with other people so that we can move into a healthy space. And so 
trying to attempt to escape our problems gotten us into trouble and it's created disconnection because all those those uh, knockoffs are actually false advertisement with high cost that ultimately take me away from those healthy relationships. So I love this picture of God uh, in the garden when Adam and Eve, you remember Adam and Eve when they blew it? You know, God said, hey, don't eat from it. You can eat from anything in it. I wish I could see what the garden looked like. I think we're going to have a good picture of that when we get to heaven, a, a glimpse of that. But you can eat from anything. Just don't eat from this tree. It's called that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, you know, stay over here in this in this other place of life. But don't eat from this tree of knowledge of good and evil. And what did the enemy do? He said, Whew, this will be good for you. You're going to have, a, it's going to make you a somebody. It's going to make you feel pain free. It's going to, you know, give you the power that you know, all those lies that, that the enemy tells us today in our addictions. He was speaking to Adam and Eve. And it's interesting to think about that as addictions. I think they were addicted to power and addicted to being in control and addicted to making choices apart from our higher power the Lord, right? In that case, God. And for us, Jesus Christ, we fall in the same traps that Adam and Eve were doing. They're, they're trying to seek power under their own control, and it just wasn't working. So what they do, the very thing, as Romans 7 says, the very thing I don't want to do, I do. And the thing I want to do, <laughs> I don't. That's exactly what Adam and Eve did. Don't eat from the tree. Guess what? They ate from the tree. And instantly, the shame messages started coming in. What do they do? They hid. They realized they were naked. They began to cover up what they were feeling, and they didn't want anybody to see that. And we do that internally with the brokenness and the pain as a result of our choices. And so what they do, they jumped in the bushes and they're hiding. Now, this is fascinating. God goes to Adam and Eve, and the first question he asked them, now, by the way, God knows exactly where they are. Don't miss that. He's all-knowing, all-powerful. And yet he speaks to the connection with them. I want to connect with you. And, and he realizes they've, they've uh, built this false version of themselves, fear of being seen, fear of being rejected and cut off. You know, that's what shame says. I have this fear of being rejected. And if you see me, you're going to cut off. You're going to cut me off if I'm seen. And I, I will literally die. That's what our bodies say. So God says, where are you? Again, God knew where they were, but I think he's speaking to the heart. That's why when we're talking about the pain in our life, you know, we've built this, this circle, this map that uh, attempts to escape pain. And God in Genesis has given us a picture of the value of not running from our pain, but bringing it out and bringing it to a loving father. Where are you? He knew they were hiding. He knew they had a fear of being seen. He knew they had a fear of being rejected and cut off. So how do they respond to that? Well, we ate from the tree, and now we're naked, and we're in the bushes. Second question God asks, who told you that? Now, don't miss this. I think he's speaking to the lies from the enemy that said, you're going to be all-powerful. You're going to be a somebody. You're going to find the comfort in your pain and soothing in your pain. Just do this, and it will be better. Who told you those lies? God is saying to Adam and Eve. He says, who told you that? 
That's the lies the enemy's speaking that we might be believing. And so we want to organize. That's why coming into connection with him and others to organize some of those lies that we believe that you've got to, you got to get your behavior under control before you can connect. And that's, that's like, I'm going to operate on myself before I go see the surgeon. I can't do that. That just doesn't work. But the enemy tries to convince us and keep us away from him. So where are you? We're in the bushes. We ate of the tree of the apple from the tree. And now we're hiding in the bushes. Who told you that? And the last question is, what did you do? And that's not a shame message. It's, it's, it's helping us to take responsibility, actions, uh, the actions we have taken and the actions we need to take as we move forward. Uh, because if we don't try new moves, we're going to be stuck. We're going to be in a place of brokenness and not know um, how to do this on our own because we're not designed to do that. We can't, we can't do that on our own. And so who, where are you? Who told you that? And what did you do? And what will you do? See, shame wants to take me out. It wants to put me on an island. But then there's scriptures that remind me of the healing and freedom and growth when we understand that life comes to me from the Father, from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from us. And that's 1 Corinthians 5.17 just reminds me that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, has come to us and is living in us. He's working for us and he's going to work through us. Therefore, the last part of that verse, we can say the old is gone and the new is here. And here's the thing, guys. Here's what I'm learning in my recovery, that I'm not liberated um, from my addictions because of my obedience. Get it right and do that. No, my obedience, as I come to the Father, he changes my choices. It becomes the fruit of my liberation and my sobriety. That's a cool thing as we come into the space and we connect with other people and we invite people into those, I like to call it the scary parts of my heart. We then begin to take on a new identity, a new place, because that old place in my addictions, we kind of have this internal frustration happening. I can stop for a while and then it just comes back. I start fantasizing, I'm obsessing over that. Maybe I turn to my drug of choice, whatever that is. I feel like I've lost control, then I feel guilt and shame, and then I'm kind of in this really nasty place. So what I want to, when we come back from a break, I want to unpack what that can look like as we move into taking steps, little baby steps, knowing it's a process, and that's so important that this isn't a flip of a switch. If we've been in a place of addictions, we have to trust that process as we invite God and others into that. And we look back one day and we realize, oh my gosh, I am actually changing the way I respond to pain. The way I bring people into my pain is completely different. And now I'm, I'm living in a, in a healthy space and I'm inviting him into that. And so I want to take a, a quick break here. And when we come back, uh, we're, we'll continue that conversation um, and kind of turn the corner on what that can look like as we change that, that cycle to something uh, productive. Stick with me. I'll be right back. Hey, friends, don't try to face your hurts, hangups and habits, your broken relationships on your own. If you have a, a, a pulse, a heartbeat, you're human 
and you probably have some kind of hurt, hang up or habit or broken relationship that maybe if you face, you'll find freedom to be able to face that and walk in that newness of life. We'd love to join you on this journey. FellowshipCR.org. If you'd like more information, come see us on a Friday night at Fellowship Fayetteville and Fellowship Rogers. Friday night, 6 p.m. Connection Cafe meal. We hope to see you then. Hey friends, welcome back. Uh, just talking, uh, just kind of those internal messages, messages, and how the enemy tries to create disconnection, keep us in that that broken place. And as as we're talking about uh, just some of those internal things that are happening, I want to kind of talk about what that can look on the outside. You know, we have these. Um, sometimes we can stay stuck in this place of I have no intention of changing my behavior, and. You know, the addiction can speak louder in that space. That's why I've got to to get to a space sometimes to get it out of my system. And that's why I encourage people all the time, depending on what you're using, drugs or alcohol, sometimes we need extra help to detox that out of our system. We don't want to do that on our own, but that can kind of get us to a a balanced place to be able to do the work. But, um, But the way we move into even contemplating some form of a a change is we become aware of the problem, that there is a problem that exists. But maybe we still don't have a commitment toward that action. But when we can get to a place of really preparing and saying, you know what, there is a problem and I do intend on taking action. Maybe you're looking around, you're seeing the debris of the broken relationships. I've lost jobs. I can't hold down a job. Nobody will hire me because of my repeated uh, offenses and DWIs or DUIs or whatever that is, or I'm going to jail, whatever that is, or I miss days of work or whatever that is. Maybe I have some kind of intent upon taking action. So we kind of move into this place. Okay, maybe there is a, a heart of preparation, which then leads to a place of action, That's where we're trying to be active and intentional about a strategy to help us. Just thinking of in in when Paul's talking to Timothy, he you know he didn't give us a a spirit of um, of fear, you know, of uh, timidity, but he gave us of uh, just this incredible power, sound mind, strength, self control that. Do I believe that Jesus can help me with this? Which means I've got to set some boundaries. We'll, we'll do a podcast just on some, some kind of escape plan strategies to help me uh, stay in a safe space of that place of wisdom. But, but now we're moving into this place of action. Now there's an active modification, whatever it takes. I'm going to cut out these people, places, and things, and I'm going to abstain from whatever that is. Remember the lie, and I know I believe this lie, that I would get if I'm deep in addiction, sometimes we can say, well, if I could just get back to maybe one or two a night or a week, and then we buy into that. And before we know it, we're doing six or seven. And I've told people all the time, if I took a drink today, I can assure you, because I know my addictive tendencies, I will, it'll be a case. It'll be a couple cases in a matter of a snapping of the fingers. That's just the way, once I get that in my system, I can't turn that off. And so the best um, remedy on that taking action and modifying our behaviors to make sure that we're cutting off any more intake. And again, if you've got it in your system and you've been in a long 
place of uh, consuming, make sure you consult your physician and make sure you're doing that, not just trying to quit cold turkey because sometimes that can be dangerous since you want to consult some professionals. But, but now we're moving into that place of active modification. And then as we get into this space and we're connecting with people, now we're moving into sustainable change new behaviors that out with the old, as I was just reading that, that scripture in Corinthians, new behaviors are happening that are replacing the old, which includes when I begin to feel pain and and something happens, somebody disappoints me, somebody hurts me. Instead of my old strategies, I'm moving toward new healthy tools. That's why accountability teams that's why we recommend when you're in early in substance addictions, get to those 90 meetings in 90 days. And, and okay, well, there's not a celebrate recovery every night of the week. Go to an AA meeting. Go to NA meeting if there's no AA meetings. Uh, if you have to introduce yourself as, uh, you know, addicted to narcotics, the recipe is the same. Just get into a meeting and immerse yourself. And there's healthy meetings and unhealthy meetings Try some out. If I don't feel connected there, go to another one. The, the point is getting around people. And as you 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 kind of create these new behaviors, uh, now we're in this place of new behaviors replacing the old. And we're staying consistent in that. Otherwise, we can fall back into those old patterns of behavior. And so it's trying to get to a place of renewing uh Uh, renewing those uh, and replacing those old behaviors with new ones because the relapse place is we can we can act out Uh, well let me back up acting out is just the confirmation is the realization of this coming to fruition usually there's some some indicators some stress you know I'm I'm afraid I'm going to fail or there's some relationship struggles or Maybe something's going on at school or maybe I'm dealing with some unresolved anger or I haven't been sleeping well or I have a fear of rejection or or maybe my expectations on myself and God and others is not realistic and we can get into this mindset and we're not inviting anybody into that. So what do we do? We start, um, you can listen to an earlier podcast on this, but we start to get comfortable and complacent and we start to get a little bit confused in that place because we're not inviting God and others into that and the shame starts to play out and then we start to make compromises and then ultimately we're in a place of catastrophe or in this case acting out in our addiction and then immediately as it was for me we start to feel shame and remorse and oh I can't believe I'm here it can even bring up some depression and then we can get stuck in that place. And a lot of times we'll go right back to the addiction to feel better so we don't feel shame. And then we stay stuck. And it's just this vicious cycle the enemy uses to keep us stuck. And so we have to acknowledge that I can't, I'm not powerful enough to do this on my own. I need help. And that's the sweetest prayer that we can pray so that we can get into a place of saying, okay, I was on the right track. What, what can I learn from that? I want to kind of evaluate how I got here and then make some recommitments uh, so that I can get to a, a, a healthy place. Because here's the thing, guys, that this hidden shame that's not brought out in vulnerability can drive that self-destructive behavior, um, rage, avoidance, and yes, even our addictions. 
And these self-destructive behaviors uh, often are an attempt to kind of self-regulate these overpowering, painful feelings that only lead us to a place of more shame that kind of propel us back into that cycle. And so what we're trying to do is take that secrecy and silence and out-of-control behaviors that are fueling that shame um, and bring that into the light. This is what I'm thinking right now. This is what I'm feeling, and this is what I need. Because remember, the enemy wants to keep us in the bushes hiding. Right? He wants us to disappear. You're inadequate, reinforcing that shame and you know, here's the thing that that the message of the enemy, that scolding and judging and criticizing and abandonment, uh, or maybe there's some abuse that we've been uh, struggling with, keeps us stuck. But here's the thing: as we walk through the doors of celibate recovery and we invite others into that, we begin to break those self-destructive habits that require us to take actions. As I was just talking about, we we begin to become active and in modifying those behaviors so that we can create lasting, uh, not behavioral change, but heart change in that space. So changing these destructive behaviors requires trying out new, affirming, healthy behaviors. What am I stimulating, stimulating my mind with? What am I feeding my brain? What, even what am I eating? How am I taking care of myself? Am I active? Am I going to the gym? Am I, if you don't ever go to the gym, maybe just start by walking, taking walks. But these new behaviors that we begin doing is we invite people into our pain and we begin working on the roots of the good that makes sense of why we do what we do. We generate this kind of a positive feedback and a new reward that we didn't know would satisfy us uh, to create new connections in our brain. And God wired us that way to create this momentum for ongoing growth and change. And there's a lot there to unpack, but we're trying to just um, take actions. And here's the thing, that identity in Christ. And when we can come into this space and say, I am a believer. And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ and you're struggling with addictions, that's a good place to start, guys. I need Jesus Maybe maybe you don't even fully believe that he can help you with this, but you know that what you're doing is not working. I want to invite him in so that my identity is not in my behavior, but it's in uh, my identity in Christ. It becomes uh, this new way of thinking about myself, thinking about God and others, and it becomes that antidote to shame. And guys, the only way we can really begin that is to be vulnerable to break the secrecy, the hiding, the covering up, the keeping people out, but doing that with people who understand where you are. They may not fully understand your pain, but they understand what it's like to be in a similar situation. And we need to be around people where we see hope. When I hear you share in an open share group, it brings hope to me no matter how long I've been in recovery. Um, I, I need to hear from you. And so if you're in a good spot, remember that your sharing is going to be hopeful and hope filled to someone else. So that's why it's important that we, uh, veterans or old school or, um, you know, the old timers is a, you'll hear in recovery circles and it doesn't have anything to do with age. It has everything to do with our recovery. We need to, 
we need to be sharing our journey and what we did today to keep ourselves from going into that old shame cycle and uh, those old behaviors that, that kept us stuck for far too long so that we don't uh, get stuck in that space anymore. And guys, that is that's so important. And so sometimes we need residential treatment. Sometimes we may need detox. Sometimes we just need to commit to hitting that 90 meetings in 90 days. Maybe it's transitional living. Whatever it takes, you are worth it. You are worth it. And I'm just going to tell you what happens in the walls of Celebrate Recovery in our small groups, our general meeting, the fellowship time is not just about food. It's about connecting our brains and looking other people in the eye and knowing I'm not alone and I've got people around me that are going to help me. It's so critical to our recovery journey. We need each other. And I love that, that this is a space that points us to Jesus, our identity in Christ, and we can be honest. Jesus says, Who, where are you? How you feeling? Tell me about the hurt inside that you've been trying to escape from. And being real about that, and nobody judged me, and nobody ran away, nobody said, go get the pastor. We got a really messed up here, the, the messed up, most messed up person on the planet. They just love us and they say, thanks. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for having the courage to do that. And then who told you that? What are the lies you're believing that are keeping you stuck on that addiction island? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. So you don't have to change your choices. You don't have to get your act together so that you can come connect. Connection is actually the the vehicle to help us to move forward, to to help us to heal so that we can ultimately try uh, new behaviors. What did you do? We got to own that and take responsibility. But then what will you do? What are the behaviors that you will do that will be different as you're stimulating your mind, as you're inviting, inviting other people into the space, uh, the people that you're letting into? We don't tell everyone everything, but there's certain people in our circle that we tell and we get into those wounds and we start working the principles and doing that inventory that can be hard, but it's so worth it. And sharing that with somebody for the first time so we can identify those character defects and ultimately learn how to forgive. You know, bitterness and resentment was a big key that kept me stuck in my addictions and my compulsive behaviors. By the way, compulsivity is just when our brain is trying to do the work that our heart was designed to do. We got to get our heart in the room and then we got to connect that to what we're thinking in our mind. Um, and then ultimately what are, what's our volition? What's our actions? What are we doing? What are we going to do differently and, um, begin working on those so that we can create, um, that new creation that, that is in you. That's just dying to come out. Uh, but we got to die to that old first and there, that can be painful, but it is worth it. It is possible. And you have a father that loves you uh, in that space and wants to walk with you just like he has millions others. Don't face this alone. Don't face this alone in this space. Uh, Jesus wants to help you. He loves you too much. He, he will meet you where you are, but he loves you too much to keep you where you are. That lie the enemy's been telling you, it's not worth it. Jesus wants to meet you in that space. And we'd love to join you in this space as well. In this, in this beautiful space we call recovery. Not just sobriety, but recovery. 
Uh, if you would like to, to join us in this space we call Celebrate Recovery, not celebrating our pain, but celebrating that we have a Savior to walk through this with us, we'd love for you to join us. Uh, just go to fellowshipcr.org and you'll have information. You can join us on Friday night at Fellowship Fayville or Friday night at Fellowship Rogers. Don't face this alone. The remedy to healing is connection. We hope you'll join us. Thanks for being with me today. I hope you'll join me next time. Until then, God bless.